Good morning. I hope you're having a happy Sunday morning. Welcome to another edition of Miami Valley Voices on this Cox radio station. I'm your host from the Dayton Daily News, Ron Rollins, and I am in the studio today with um, somebody I've wanted to have on the program for a while just because I'm, I'm interested in uh, her organization. And it took us a while to set it up. I'm here with Diane Graham, the executive director of Habitat for Humanity for Greater Dayton. How are you? Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> That's true. Good We're taping afternoon. <laughs> it's going to air in the, in the morning. That's fine. Um, yeah, everybody who listens to this show knows it's taped. That's fine. That's okay. Um, and uh, and you said you listen to the show, actually. I do. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I do. And most of the time, I know the voice, even if I'm not hearing yours. Like, I, I heard oh, Michelle last week. That's right. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a good chance to sort of find out what's going on in the nonprofit world, you know. And, and, and um, so tell people, people probably know a little bit about Habitat for Humanity. But um, fill them in. What's the, what's the mission statement, and 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 what what do you do? Kind of well, what's your what's your elevator speech when people go? Oh, what's, what is that? Okay. Well, I think it it's probably I'm going to dispel a lot of um, uh, misconceptions. That's what we do here. Okay, then I'm your gal. <laughs> um, you know, most people think that all we do is build houses, mm-hmm. and I think that we probably had a paradigm shift maybe eight, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. and we serve the people that live in the house. So we're building that person, and then the family, and then the neighborhood, and then the community. So it's kind of a people-centric view, rather than a property-centric view. It is, and what they see on TV you know, is the dedication part because, right. you know, uh, it's kind of evidence through home ownership. Sure. But um, nobody's seeing, you know, their um, classes that they take that we prepare them for home ownership for the six months. Oh, that's interesting. The sweat yeah. equity they're doing, you know. Right. We teach them all kinds of stuff that I wish I would have known before we bought our first house. So, so let's start at the beginning. So, um, you 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 take uh, folks who need housing in one form or another, yes, and make sure that they end up in stable, steady housing yes. locally. Sometimes built, sometimes rehabbed. Yes, right. And so, and now we're doing repair also. But I, I have to say, for you know, I mentioned the term home ownership. Sure. We're not giving them the house; they are purchasing the house from us. So let's start at the beginning. And I'm I'm me. I need I'm 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 whatever my circumstances might be that lead me to habitat. Typically, what would those be? Well, for one thing, we serve low income families. Okay. So that doesn't mean no income. Right. So I would say that we, we serve the working poor. Okay. And many of these folks go to work every day mm-hmm. and they just don't make very much money. Mm-hmm. So that um, statistically, it's 30 to 60% of the adjusted median income for our counties, which are Montgomery and Green. And Green, okay. So, um, you know, it's if you don't have a job, then, you know, you need to probably look somewhere else than me. Sure. But if you do have a job and you just haven't, been able to save up. Mm-hmm. I'm your person if you're willing to work hard. Well, that's that's interesting. So, is there a long waiting list of folks? I would for your say, I wouldn't or? call it a waiting list. I would say it's preparation time. Uh-huh. You know, okay. because we really uh, it is probably from the date of application till when the dedication and the closings sure. are. I would say it's close to two years. Oh, okay. But during that time, you know, they are we are putting them through six months of classes. So, what sorts of things do they learn? They learn. Um, Every other class is about money because, you know, a lot of times they're in subsidized housing mm-hmm. and, you know, they're not paying the full cost of a house. Money and, in terms of like money management, handling, yes. making sure budgeting, you pay your bills and budget. And and it and could stuff. be as simple as uh, envelope budgeting. Okay. And, and that goes way back, you know, right, where right. you you'd 
take your take-home pay and you divide it out, you know. Right. But uh, we have added many classes over our 32 years that we found that maybe they needed to know, hmm. and those are three sessions on home maintenance. Uh-huh. Because I could probably what? use those myself. I'm, yeah. <laughs> me too. I would just call my father, you know. My, my wife would probably definitely say that I could use those, right, yeah. yeah. But, you know, many of our homeowners are uh, single parents, mm-hmm. so they don't have anybody to call, or uh, their experience has been calling the guy in their apartment complex. Like a landlord, yeah, a landlord repair yes. guy. So when their water heater goes out, they don't know what to do. Okay. And so guess what? It's your problem right, now, right. you know, because you own the house. Right. So. We have, uh, you know, we partner with the Home Ownership Center, and they mm. actually teach the class. Oh, okay. But uh, it is, uh, you know, like the gutters, and don't let leaves pile up in there so that you have an ice dam that right. pulls it off the house. Right. And every house that we build is very energy efficient, mm-hmm. and we have proven that we save them like 30% on their energy costs. That's cool. But um, we've added nutrition classes uh-huh. because we were maybe we maybe found out along the way that they might not know as much as they need to about cooking from scratch right. you know and you know how we when we had the whatever that was windstorm where mm-hmm. we all didn't have power for a week right. it hits uh, low income folks especially hard i guess i hadn't thought about that yeah. mm-hmm. and so we uh, have taught people how to exist on those like michelle makes up what they she calls the backpack mm-hmm. uh, program michelle you know, riley from the from food, bank. food bank right yeah and you know those are non-perishables. Right. You need to have those in your house when you don't have power for seven sure, days. Sure. You know? So we. So you're teaching kind of like lifestyles life to sustainability and yes. life skills classes, and 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 those are coupled to the home ownership, basically with the property itself. So how does that work? Well, you know, we we have found like um, in our new set of classes, we're even having people from the treasurer's office and the auditor's office because you know what you learn is that you got to pay taxes too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're driving on the roads, your mm-hmm. kids are going to the school, right. so you know you can't just pay your mortgage. You got to pay your taxes right, too. Right, you right, know, right. so we're trying to. We have a re- few restaurant owners in town that have not ever really learned that very well. <laughs> I, we try to expose them to you know because yeah. when you rent. You're not right. paying your taxes. Right. You know, you're like, it's in your it's rent. In, it's in your escrow, right? That's yeah. right. So we try to, you know, prepare them for everything. And it's not like we're geniuses. We've learned that they sure. might not know all these things. Now, I, this begs the question do you have people who take the classes and decide that it's not all that they thought it would be? Yes, and sir. that they, they really. I don't want to mess around with this. I'm happy to be a renter. Yes. That's interesting. Well, and let me just say that we start twice a year with what I call the top of the funnel, and Mm -hmm. it's probably 100, 150 people. Mm -hmm. Those are all the people that have applied since the last time we had a round, application round. So they come in. And is this calendar year pretty much? Yeah, it's twice a year. All right. And so then we um, have a very dedicated committee that helps us with this screening. And the first thing we're looking at is how much money do you make and what kind of debt to income ratio do you Mm -hmm. have? Because believe it or not, there are lots of folks that have huge student loan debt and they don't really make them very much money to pay it back. Right. 
So how can so you homeownership might not be right for them? Well, they and, don't have enough um, right. income left to sure. pay a house payment. Sure, sure. So we find all that out first. So okay. and you know then we, I feel like we serve more than the we end up at the bottom of the funnel taking um, anywhere from eight to twelve people mm-hmm. twice a year mm-hmm. that we put through the classes and then they go into the sweat equity program and everything and then eventually we'll build for them. Sure. Now how does the sweat equity program work? How does the actual house starting okay process if you. Go? have uh, you know you're accepted in the program and you are a single well either way you do 275 hours of sweat equity for every adult in the house so if it's a couple it's 550 if it's a single parent, it's 275 so is this working on other people's projects for yes. example oh so you're helping build other people's houses yes. oh. or work in the restore i did not tell people really quick about the restore so we don't forget that okay. and we'll come back to the house thing okay the restore is really cool yes yeah. the restore is a concept that habitat started probably 15 years ago mm-hmm. and i i would say it if it's like um our experience in Dayton, every Monday we would show up to work and there would be all these paint cans, windows, everything that people just cleaned out their garage and decided that we needed anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it started. But now we have many new items. So the things in our restore are sold for, if they're new, half of what the retail value would be. And a lot of times, like if you're remodeling your kitchen Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with your cabinets, your uh, contractor will just carefully remove them and we come pick them up mm-hmm, and there is mm-hmm. somebody else that wants them. Oh, those. definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was, uh, before we turn the mics on, I told you I was looking for some uh, work tables for uh, an art studio, uh, art studio and um, I, I knew I wanted some hollow core doors that I could just paint and work on, mm-hmm. you know, on sawhorses. And I got like two of them for like $5 each. Oh, you yeah. had like 100 doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Restore has like a mixture of like old stuff, new stuff. I was surprised to find like whole uh, suites of Silverware, uh, flatware, books, uh, all kinds of old and new furniture, light bulbs, and, yep. and, and and tools. It's a really fascinating place. Tell people where it is. It's at 115 West Riverview. So it's just down the street from the uh, Dayton Art Institute, it right around is. the corner from White Allen. And, and that's the Dayton new Arnstein. for us. Yeah. I mean, you know, we um, just bought that building at the end of 2012. Right. What was there? I forget. It was a... Um, um, it was Expedex Paper. That's right. So yeah. it was an, basically an envelope company. Well, it's a nice it, building. Oh, it's yeah, a fabulous. Two-story building right along the levee there. It yeah. is. So is that where all your classes and everything happen yes. as well? Okay. Yes. So we can we have enough room for our offices because um, our other location wasn't big enough for all this. You so were on we South. Read, you were on South Patterson. That's before? where the restore was. Okay. But my office was on Linden, which we rented. Oh, I and didn't know we, that. We really didn't have any space to have our board meeting, so we had to go somewhere else for that. Oh so my goodness! It, you basically lived in your car. <laughs> when did you move to the uh, the new location? About um, I moved in April of two thousand. 13 okay. and then the restart moved in in June okay. of 2013. So it is it is it is really new. Oh That's it is. Great. Yeah. And every it, what it, it oh, it's just like a dream, our dream come true sure. because we do have, you know, the place to run our business. We have the space for a store. Mm-hmm. Upstairs we have um, what we call a construction area. Mm-hmm. So we can pre-construct almost anything under a roof. Oh, that's interesting. It's great. And then we have a huge training room right. where we can hold our classes and our application rounds. And mm-hmm. all these, in fact, we used to have our application rounds right here at the Board of Realtors building. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, 
um, with families and like the intake sessions there mm-hmm. at the Board of Realtors and mm-hmm. then the second session somewhere else, they, they're always one location behind mm-hmm. and they're going to the wrong place. Sure, but sure. now they're all, all in, in one, one place. place. Yes, That's sir. really cool. Um, so um, people, so okay, so, so people um, decide that they want to have that first home ownership attempt. They're, they're, they're lower income, but, but maybe ready to make that leap. Uh, they apply, they go through the classes, and how, no, it's like you said 20 classes they get to? Well, it, they say it's 40 hours, okay. but it actually takes six months. So it's like six months of life skills, mm-hmm. money management yes. class. So I'm learning all the, the rigmarole of the joys of home ownership. Yep. And uh, anybody who owns a home will know what I mean. And, and then... Um, so then, at the same time, I also start my my sweat equity. Yes, two hundred seventy five hours per person in the household. Yes, and so I'm helping build and repair other people's houses yes. or work at three store. Now, the, so at, then, what happens up to, to me the after halfway that? point? Right. You are working on somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. But we try to save the second half of your sweat equity for your own house because you need to know what? where your plumbing right. comes in, where right. your electric is, right. and that has been. I mean. We learned this just from experience. Sure. You know, if you help build it, you know how to fix it. Well, know? that's an interesting point because mm-hmm. I don't think most people who own a home really have much clue about what's going on beside the walls. I can't do wiring. I'm not an electrician, you know. Um, so the people who end up in your homes really know a lot more about the place they own than a lot of other Yes. A lot of other folks. They do. That's really interesting. Um, what if they, how often do they come to you knowing a little bit to start out? Very often? Or? Uh, very, very seldom because really they're, you know, uh, I would say we serve a lot of folks and we help people that are experience generational poverty. Mm-hmm. So they have, they were, they themselves were raised in a project. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they want better for their children. Mm-hmm. And you know that's really Ron why why it's so great to work at Habitat and come and you know because yeah. what we're seeing in a nonprofit that's 32 years old is that the first children of Habitat are now in college oh, or cool. they yeah. or they are working and they're not low income. That's what I need. Let's uh, remind people what they're listening to just in case uh, they're tuning in. If you're just now joining us, this is Miami Valley Voices on this Cox Radio Station. Good morning. Um, I'm Ron Rollins, your host, and, and I'm here with Diane Graham, the Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity of Greater Dayton. So um, you touched on the history of the organization. How old is Habitat in Dayton? Uh, we were incorporated in 1983. Okay. And but, before and we turn on the mics, you said the National Habitat Organization isn't much older than 1976. that. 1976. That's interesting. And there were there were people from Dayton that were at that very first meeting oh. in, in Georgia. Oh, that's interesting. So that's pretty neat. How did know? it get started? Is it a well, church-based say, thing? Or is no, it, no. Uh, yes, it's, it was very church-based. Okay. And, you know, I would say the Koinonia farm that everybody refers to in our history was mm-hmm more like a commune mm-hmm. in the middle of Georgia country. Mm. I mean, it's if you go there to Americas now, you gotta go at least two and a half hours out of Atlanta. Is some of the history on your website? Um, no, but it's easy. It's really my habitat. Okay, And okay. you yeah. can find out yourself, but. That's um, interesting. Yeah, it, it really, um, what I, why I kept staying as a volunteer before I was lucky enough to be an employee is that I couldn't find anything wrong with the model. That's interesting. You know, when yeah. you are really, really, really changing the person and helping them to mm-hmm. change themselves mm-hmm. and their family, mm-hmm. 
I, you know, I couldn't find anything that I liked better. <laughs> right, absolutely. And you said you were a volunteer for a long time before I you was. became the director. Yeah. Uh, yes. And um, how long have you been in charge? Uh, since '08. Um, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And um, so, uh, what do you like most about the job? You kind of alluded to it a little the, bit. Oh, I, I think it is. I mean, there are some tough days because you have to make. You know, during a time when the economy was down, mm-hmm. and you know. We had to um, really think about how we were going to keep going mm-hmm. and be sustainable. So mm-hmm. we, I would say, um, Habitat is run more like a business than nonprofits from the olden days. Yeah, you know, and I we, think that's true of a lot of nonprofits right. now. Actually, yeah, yes, just to stay to. just to stay alive and around. And we yeah. are fortunate enough. Um, I call the Restore my Girl Scout cookies. Oh, you know, yeah. because any funder like a, a foundation wants mm-hmm. to know what I'm doing to help myself. You need an income stream on the side. Yes, right. but they also want to know that you're doing your best. To to be you know frugal, mm-hmm. use both sides of the piece of paper. You know. Well, what's interesting about the restore though too is that it um, it's a uh, it's a public face. It's a public part of the. There's there's not a lot of people who need your services because they already have a house or whatever mm-hmm. or don't want one. However, the restore is there for everybody. Yes. And it kind of added adds to the the, the character of the community. You know, I mean, the couple times I've been in there, it's pretty busy. Right. And I've been in there on Saturday mornings looking for some random thing. And there's 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 a ton of people in there. Um, and what's it's like really going to cool Ikea or something. Is there's levels of skill that are all over the map. Right. You know, there's people that don't know how to do anything. And then some serious contractors, yeah, that yes. are looking for serious yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I'm really proud of what the restore keeps out of the landfill too, mm-hmm. because um, you know we were lucky enough we um, recently got an award or I yes an award from the county. Mm-hmm. Um, for recycling, and so we were able to purchase a cardboard baler, which it's not like we're getting a lot of money Mm. for the cardboard that is baled in it. Mm. It's that those boxes aren't in my trash, and that is saving me money. So that's just, it's being baled and headed to the recycling center? Yes, and and what, and you know, you can say that, you know, yeah, you break down a cardboard box and you put it in the trash, but it's still in the trash that Mm -hmm. I have to pay for. Right. So that's where I'm saving the money. That's interesting, yeah. For the dumpster people. Right, right. (laughs) So, um, uh, uh, that, that is interesting. So now, uh, how many people a year do you end up s- actually serving, putting into a house? I would say we're serving, like, in the house itself, about 20 to 25. Wow, a but year. If, yes. Wow, that, that's families. Yes. Yeah, okay. And then if you, you know, you count the children, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, I would say in the 32 years we're, you know, approaching like mm-hmm. seven or 800 children. Wow, that's really interesting. It is. It's really cool. But I think that we have to remember who I don't serve immediately is also being served mm-hmm. because we don't just say no and go away. We say no, and this is why no. And if you will stay with consumer credit counseling and reduce your debt and raise your income, Mm -hmm. come back in six months. And we actually have probably six homeowners that have done that and been successful Uh the second time. Oh, that's interesting. And one of them is actually a mentor now for another Habitat family. Oh, that's neat. Where does the Where does the property come from that the houses are built on? Do I would you? say anymore. Most of it's donated to. Okay. But occasionally we have purchased it. Okay. You know, and what we like really is to make an impact community-wise. Mm-hmm. So we have purchased up to six lots mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And we don't like to build them all at once. We right. like to 
build them maybe two a year because mm-hmm. you like to have a neighbor that knows what they're doing right. that helps the new one. Um, is there a template to the homes that you build from scratch? I mean, is there kind of like a, like a set of drawings that this is always what a Habitat Humanity looks house looks like so that it can be done by a number of different volunteers and I would say that it used to be like that but now you will never pick us out in any neighborhood because Mm -hmm. we're just a nice house and we Mm -hmm. fit in how big usually well we're conservative for um, like for the bedroom size so like our three bedroom Mm -hmm. is probably under a thousand square feet okay but the largest house I build is a five bedroom Mm -hmm. and it's 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 based on what the family needs pretty much Yes, right, yeah, and okay. that's even if they had seven kids, mm-hmm. still only building a five bedroom because that's all we build. So now, when you say they're buying the house, mm-hmm. how does that how does that work? They're basically buying it from you. You're the bank. Yes. I mean, you're yes. you're the, you're the mortgage holder. They're buying it over time from you. Zero percent interest. Over what period of time? Usually? Um, to, well, we make it affordable for them. Right. Okay. So um, we it's anywhere from fifteen to thirty years. So that's interesting. And so. Um, and your basic funding goes into the funding that you gather for the organization goes into the the construction yes. cost for the house. Yes. Okay. Um, how many people usually end up working on a single house? And what's the time period for the construction? We our ultimate fastest we've ever 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 built a house was um, ninety one days. Wow, that sounds but like an Amish barn raising. Yeah. It actually was per. You know, if you <laughs> no, it really wasn't. It was it was just perfect timing, mm-hmm. like spring to early summer mm-hmm. and no rain oh, so wow. we went oh. straight through and it was a smaller house so, sure. but it was I, I couldn't believe it but normally the template is four months yeah and in the winter it takes us six is there much is, now you talked about doing a little bit of it's it's stick belt right on mm-hmm. the side so you're not you're, you mentioned some pre-construction stuff you can do at your site but you're not basically factory building your well, it, yes, we could. Okay. In fact, we did one very close to you. Oh, here. really? Um, we uh, what's become very popular is what is called a parking lot build, and you too could have your Cox Media people participate. Huh, that's interesting. And what? Oh, it, fine. Shameless into volunteering. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> but I mean, and what it is is you're building the panels, right? And we do that, and oh. it's almost like you know, like these. Go over in this pile and right. get two of these and four of these, right. and then you stand up this wall. Okay. Then this team does this, and, oh. and then when all of the piece, all the walls are mm-hmm. done, then they tow it together. Oh. And I mean, we have to take it down, sure, obviously, sure. and take it to the site. But then they can actually feel like you have, you know, pre-built a house. Sure. How how uh, how many people end up working on a typical project over like the course that? of the Parking four lot? months? Yeah. Uh, oh, and let me think now. It, it's about it's we do. We'd use about three thousand volunteers annually. Oh, really? So oh, three thousand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And some of them are repeat. You sure. Know, but I would say that it we would we use probably about two to three hundred at one for one build. And wow. right now we have one going on in Fairborn, mm-hmm. one on Salem. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's off Salem, um, and on Illinois, which is off mm-hmm. of Wayne Avenue. Right. So, so you're juggling projects. Mm-hmm. Um, do do you have like a like a like a site? How does that work logistically? Are you basically essentially the site manager on the stuff, or Not do you have me. somebody? Oh, gosh, who, no. So you have somebody who's like a construction yes. project manager for each project. Yes. Are they staff or are they volunteers? No, they're all staff. Wow. So yeah. how big is your organization staff? Um, I have 17 employees. Oh, that's bigger than I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, th- so. Um, 
that's a lot of balls to juggle in the air. Do you typically have three houses that you're working on at once? All year long. Wow. And because... Well, you you have to keep serving. Sure, you know, absolutely. And I told you how many were taken in. No, so, absolutely. You know, I've yeah. got a backlog. Right, absolutely. But, um, yeah, so it is. And I think most people don't realize that we as Habitat mm-hmm. are a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. We have a store, so mm-hmm. that's a retail operation. Mm-hmm. We're a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. And then a construction company. So you're always looking for fundraising as well. Is there? Do you have a big fundraising event that happens we, during the year? We do. When is the? It when is, is going to be year? July 11th, okay. and it's at the Austin Landing Pavilion. Aha! Uh-huh. What is it? I know, and so it's going to be July 11th uh-huh. of this year. Is it a what, a? what kind of event is it? It's a. I'm. Last year it was in Beaver Creek, and mm-hmm. it was um, Habitat in the Hamptons. Oh, so okay. it's you know outside, yeah. lots of music, gala type and, event. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but I would say Habitat folks do not like to um, dress in tuxedos. <laughs> Whoa. So yeah, this we're going to be very you, you like. You can't do wiring in a tuxedo, right? That, <laughs> and so we like to have fun, but sure. uh, without a tuxedo. So yeah. it's going to be Austin chic. Oh, that's like cool. That. Yeah, that's neat. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, what was your background before you started doing this job? You just got a couple minutes left. Okay. How'd well, you end up where you're at? <laughs> I don't, other than being a native Daytonian, I've just worked everywhere in Dayton. Okay. I am a Dayton a person wow. grew up here, wow. went to school here, went to UD. Excellent. You know, so I'm. What was your education? What was your degree? What, what, I had a psych th- undergrad and a management um, uh, master's. What did you think you would do? You know, I don't know what I thought I would do, <laughs> but I can tell you that I, uh, I, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing now. Absolutely, you seem to be. Yeah, sure. And um, and as I told you before the interview started, I used to kind of work in this building. Well, as people may know that our media center where we are doing the taping is an old NCR building. Mm-hmm. One of the last two left, actually, or yeah. the last three if you include the World UD Empire River is, Campus. But yeah. uh, there's one over by UD on Brown Street that is a recommissioned NCR building, and then there's ours. And um, yeah, you said you worked here for a while. I did. Yeah. So, you yeah, know. I work here now as long as they let me come keep coming back <laughs> yeah it's a neat building yeah so uh, you know i guess i'm just blessed that um i'm just lucky to uh, be coming to work at a job that i love like you sure. you know well uh the but 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 the nonprofit realm is a little different i mean you know you really and 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 i i'm on a lot of i serve on a lot of boards and advisory committees for organizations around town because you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with having a, a corporate job I, I like it a lot and I like I like my job but I, I've always felt a strong community tug mm-hmm. and I'm and Cox encourages its executives and managers to get deeply involved in the community and well, I've, my I've next always question is uh, when do you want to begin your board service <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little tapped out Diane uh, well let's talk later on yeah um, I, I, I'm on several now and, and uh, that happened to be fun yeah so what's the next big project uh, anything what's the next big thing you're looking forward to well um, I you know I what can I say? You know, we, we're finishing these builds and then we start another. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can say that I really need some, you know, we recently merged with the Green County Habitat. Mm-hmm. So um, my top of the funnel in Montgomery pretty much happens on its own now. But mm-hmm. I'm having a bit of a time, you know, recruiting families in Green County. Oh, that's interesting. So oh. if anybody that's listening can help oh. me find families that could be, would be interested right, right. in Habitat housing. 
let, let them know. That'd be a good opportunity before we close out for you to tell people how to contact you. What's right. the website? It, the website is DaytonHabitat.org. Okay. And our phone number is 586-0860. Yep. Excellent. And um, so that's that's pretty cool. Again, so that's uh, uh, www.DaytonHabitat.org, 586-0860. And that'll also uh, get in. Is the ReStore open um, all week? or is It's it? open um Tuesday through Friday, 9 to okay, 5, okay. and then Saturday, 9 to 3. Excellent. That's mm-hmm. cool. And if you haven't been to the ReStore, go check it out. We're out of time. I told you this goes really fast. Well, thank you, Ron. It does, absolutely. We've been in the studio with uh, Diane Graham, the uh, Executive Director of Habitat for Humanity of Greater Dayton, which serves Montgomery and Greene Counties. Yes. And uh, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You betcha. We'll get you in some other time and uh, get an update. This is uh, Ron Rollins, and this has been uh, Miami Valley Voices on this Cox Radio Station. I hope you're having a great Sunday after this. Uh, go out and enjoy yourself, and uh, tune back in. We'll see you next week.